Welcome to this week's episode of the Radio Oedipus podcast, the podcast where we explore the culture of beer, brought to you by Oedipus Brewing, and I'm your host, Danny Walker. I want to start by wishing you all a very happy new year. I hope your Christmas and New Year celebrations were full of delicious food, tasty drinks, and plenty of good times. And with a little look, 2021 will be a year full of more exciting flavours and adventures. To kick off, we have a red-hot show to start the year. Just before the Christmas break, we invited El Jefe from Amsterdam's El Jefe Primo Salsa for a chat about hot sauce. He brought a selection of his sauces and we provided the beverages. El Jefe Primo Salsa, the hot sauce company, started around six years ago. Together with his wife, Mrs. Jefe, they decided to make Mexican-inspired hot sauce. Mrs. Jefe has a background in food catering and her own catering business, and El Jefe uses his business knowledge and the Mexican wrestler anti-hero character to try and revolutionize hot sauce within the Dutch market. On the show, we discuss all about his hot sauces, how they are made, and the differences between salsa and hot sauce. Also, his relationship with Mexico, getting hold of his spicy resources and growing his own peppers. As well as that, we talk about the world of the Wild West Brewfest, a craft beer festival he set up that incorporates hot sauce, live wrestling, and craft beer, even though he doesn't drink. All that on this week's Radio Oedipus podcast. Today we're joined by El Jefe, founder of Amsterdam's El Jefe Hot Sauce. No one knows your real name, uh, but you're on a hot sauce revolution to improve bland, tasteless food. How are you doing today, mate? I'm or very good. Or should I say, uh, como estas? Oh, uh, bien, bien. Uh, I, my Spanish is not so good, and I, I have this really crappy accent that I use to help fortify the character, but as you'll notice, I forget to do it, and after a while, I just start talking like this, so I think maybe we'll just go right into that. <laughs> okay, cool, nice. Well, thanks for joining us. Uh, just a moment on the drinks today uh, before we get into it. We're going to be sampling some hot sauce, so I've brought as many drinks as possible on the table, and El Jefe is an alcohol-free guy, so we've got some sodas by Cloudwater. I've also got a, an exciting hibiscus a soda by Neko Yuzu, uh, who are an Amsterdam-based company. Uh, anyway, we'll talk. Let's crack those open and uh, Let get me trying some, them. Yeah, some of that. Yeah. Mm, tasty. All right. So tell us a little bit about uh, the hot sauces that you brought before we try the first one. I started making hot sauces based on uh, these are these are Mexican-inspired hot sauces. Cer- certainly, the first ones uh, that we started making. We actually started with a hot sauce. Uh, which is called the Picante, which is our, yeah, it's the cornerstone hot sauce. It's the one we've made the longest. Um, and up until recently, it was always the mm. best seller. Uh, and then later we came in and we made uh, a Verde. And the, this is, it's very standard Mexican hot sauce. In you know, you, you go anywhere in Mexico and enter anyone's house, you're mm-hmm. going to see these two sauces, the Rojo and the Verde. Oh, yeah, so they're like green. a table staple in Yeah, Mexico. these are like pindicas, you know. This is so ah. common, yeah. and everyone has a family recipe, and they're all slightly different, and they all think they make the best one because that neighbor lady next door, you know, she boils her garlic. You should never do that, you know, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. We When we... Uh, my parents live in Mexico, so we would go and visit their friends and they all had different versions of this and you know we synthesized our own version yeah so what is what's the root of your recipes are they based on some kind of tradition or recipe someone's grandmother yeah well these these first are just literally yeah very traditional mexican style hot sauces so the i'm going to start you on the verde because it's more mild cool um well i'll just start talking about that so this is based on a tomatillo Mm -hmm. which is uh it's referred to as a green tomato. It it looks like a tomato, um, but it's not a tomato. And it's in the Lampionfrucht. It has like a little paper sh- yeah, shell. shell around it, kind <laughs> yeah, of yeah. when you pick it. But it looks like a tomato, except that it's quite it has a very sour, citrusy taste. Oh, cool, nice. Um, and then yeah, with some some garlic, and we used jalapenos for a to give it some bite. This is a this is like a summertime kind of a sauce. Uh, I brought some chips too. Yeah, here, would I you think, also you just take a chip? And I'm gonna here, Sundler. I'll do you first. You want to <laughs> yeah. scoop this sauce? This is a, this is a scoop sauce. This goes very well in the summer. It's a soury uh, experience. It's it does quite well in Holland because it's quite an exotic taste. It's not something that you're familiar with because of that sour kind of bite. But it's it's very mild. 
you know, it's not a, um, it's actually a salsa. It's not even a hot sauce. What's the, the difference between that? Which is, uh, you know, a lot of times it's vinegar. Uh, a lot of hot sauces are fermented or made with a vinegar. Um, I, I should bring Mrs. Hefe because she's she's really in charge of the the creating the flavors. She, she's, so she's the the lady behind the recipes. Yeah, like, she's oh, nice. really the the chief flavorizer. Um, nice. And Hefe is the par, is the mascot and the branding and the sales. Okay, the head honcho. Um, you know, yeah. We we do develop them together. I mean, yeah. I like to think that my say matters, but she, she's really in charge of the flavors. Uh, she would like to say that a, a salsa is usually more crunchy. And so like I said, this is a scoop sauce. You really want to shovel it in, right? Yeah. This is really nice with a beer. It's a, a very nice summertime. Yeah, Where's it also about intensity that the hot sauces tend to be more extreme and therefore you take less and only maybe a couple of drops where salsas are more for dipping. And going yeah, for it, yeah, or a layer on top of uh, yeah, whatever. yeah, like uh, your chili relenos or enchiladas. They have like th there's a layer of sauce the way you would see in lasagna, right? Yeah. It's mm -hmm. like this, like it's not a drop; it's yeah. like a bucket. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But and hot sauce too is very. There's sort of um, it's about flavor, right? It's a condiment the way uh, ketchup or mustard it. would be <laughs> yeah, a, a like condiment. Mm. Um, but you. You also, a lot of people that don't know or are new to the world of hot sauce, they immediately think of superheat and you know, Carolina Reapers, and they, it's all about this intense, uh, you know, I call it eating glass. You know, it's this, yeah. it's this macho, you know, how much heat can you handle kind of mm. thing, which is, which is fun and it's nice, and that's also hot sauce, but it has nothing to do with flavor or making your food taste better. Mm -hmm. It's about pain. And Trans. how long and how bad can it be until it goes away? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's like a drippy sauce. And as a business model, you don't sell very many bottles that way. No, because you'll have that bottle stood on the shelf for uh, maybe a couple of years. Like most proper Every time you have a friend around. Uh, exactly. You <laughs> have the, that, that shelf in your fridge that has all those half-finished bottles of sauce, which yeah. any, any self-respecting hot sauce eater has. I have. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. I mean, you need that. Yeah. And you go and open your fridge and sometimes you open your fridge and you look at what hot sauce you have and then you decide what you're going to eat because you're like, oh yeah, I want that one. Let's see. That's good with chicken. I'll make some chicken. Mm. I'm not on that level. I think for me, it's mostly I eat something it could be a sandwich or a meal and I, oh, maybe some hot sauce and then mm. I just get everything off that shelf mm -hmm. and, and start to try well, out yeah, uh, what nice works. Oh yeah, that's nice too. Yeah. The sampling, yeah. yeah. And I have my favorites. Uh, I definitely return to my picante sauce over and over again. Um, but but you see, like, this Verde is a very good little gateway yeah. sauce. People start and they go, oh, it's nice. And then they try something else and they move on up. And and as they eat it more often, they eat hotter. Yeah, mm. but it, it does build up some uh, sharpness. If yeah. you take a bit more and yeah. you really scoop, it, it does build up. And, yeah. uh, but uh, very refreshing indeed, uh, acidic, but pickly kind mm -hmm. of flavors. Definitely. The tomato uh, yeah. uh, reference that you get, it's uh, yeah. super refreshing. The seeds, yeah. and uh, it has a bit of a lemony, citrusy vibe, which mm. is from yeah. the tomatillo, yeah. which basically, you know, as like, uh, if you want to look at the craft aspect of it, This is not a complex sauce. This is like a soury experience mm. with a little bit of a bite. Yeah. Um, when we go into... Do, do you want me to just keep moving on? I mean, as we get towards <laughs> hotter, we'll slow down. I mean, like, I think the... Yeah, cool, we can do. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Get them on the table. Let's see how much we can survive. I mean, you eat hot, Sondler. But, uh, but Danny, do you eat hot? hot. Yeah, okay. yeah, Because yeah. sometimes yeah. I do this stuff in Holland and people are like, oh, I love hot. And then they're like... <laughs> Oh my god, again. Yeah. We've only done the first one. Well, it's going to be a real test uh, on this podcast to see how hot we can handle and still do an interview. It's almost like that Hot Ones. Have you seen uh, Hot I Ones? I love that yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. I, that's such a cool concept. And For that, those that, that it's gone that know, far. It's basically a YouTube channel where they do interviews with celebrities and there's like 10 hot sauces and they build up and build up. And each hot sauce, there's a new round of questions essentially. And uh, it basically, you can just Sweat see. Sweat builds up. Yeah, so the you start to bear your soul, there. right? There's yeah, like it's, the it's Gordon really Ramsay's on there, uh, Ricky Gervais, uh, all the, well, all the big names. You have to go <laughs> But, now. It yeah, used yeah, to be yeah. like, you had trouble getting guests. And yeah, now, yeah. if you're anybody, you have to be on that show. There's some really funny ones. But that's like, yeah, 
Uh, yeah, that's just real. You start sweating and they can't do the interview. So I hope we don't have something that. <laughs> uh, I brought a like couple <laughs> things like that. We'll save that to the end. That's more just to show you how hot it can get. Yeah, this, awesome. I, we don't. We at El Jefe don't like. Uh, it's about the flavor. Yeah. So you need to be able to keep eating it. Maybe one thing. Um, these tortillas are delicious as well, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, tell us a little bit about how these are made because uh, I know you're also responsible for producing these right that's right that's mm. also uh that that came kind of as a side jo- <laughs> uh, gig where um we started selling sauces and it was hot sauce was such a f- new thing in holland that people didn't know what to do with it so they, they were like, oh, this tastes really good what do i do with it mm. and i didn't want them to just those two times a year where they go and they buy a taco kit at Dirk to use hot sauce i want you to use it every day so um, that's when we started using the put it on everything slogan to help people kind of get into the idea of like, you can use it all the time with everything. It's not limited to Mexican food. Yeah. Yeah. Does it help? Or I can also imagine that, uh, put it on everything. I go, oh, okay. What? Uh, yeah. th- that people need more direction to, yeah, to I let mean, it land. If you tell them to use it like ketchup, that yeah. works even better, but okay, that yeah. makes, it's not a very sexy tagline. No, El Jefe, no, no. use it like ketchup. <laughs> <laughs> but it, that, that makes makes it more clear that uh-huh. people get it so you know <laughs> yeah. a lot of time you get the reference to sambal yeah people in Honda are like oh yeah i know how it's sambal at the you know and yes but no <laughs> do you have a favorite combination of hot sauce with a certain meal no i just everything i mean yeah. uh it starts in the morning with eggs and yeah. toasties i mean We've been. Uh, I, oh, you, I was supposed to answer the chips question, but uh, oh, yeah, when sorry. we get when we get to the <laughs> fermented Madame Pina, um, that stuff's quite nice in a cocktail. Oh wow, nice! You can add that to a uh, yeah, like a like a like a vodka mule or, mm. or or even with ginger beer. Yeah, anything that has that gingery kick, it's mm-hmm. quite nice to have a little bit of a. I mean, because heat is kind of. You know, you've got like sweet and sour, salt, umami, all these, these, the, the whatever the magic five flavors or four, I can't remember. But, uh, you know, heat is kind of like a six dimension on that. Mm. So it's, it's, it's not necessarily a flavor, but it is kind of a, a, a food experience. Mm. Sensation more. Yeah. Mouthfeel. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and different than, say, adding bubbles to water, but in, in, a, in kind of in a similar sense, it mm-hmm. sort of adds an extra layer of entertainment to eating. Yeah. Mm. Um, the chips we started making because people were like, well, what do I do with it? So uh, I found a very good tortilla maker in Halvech who was making, a Mexican lady who was making authentic Mexican white tortillas, which are specific to North Mexico. And... Um, we, I would buy those tacos or the tortillas, the round, you know, tortillas, and then cut them into quarters and fry them and put them in bags. And when I would put a bag next to the sauce in a store, people got it. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, I, yeah, I can yeah. dip it. Yeah. And then the chips would be gone. They'd have half a bottle of sauce <laughs> and they would try that on something else. And slowly I started getting fans. And they, so, so the, the chips were like training wheels. And once you got it, you could remove the training wheels and carry on just eating hot sauce. Oh, yeah. But it was kind of a, it made sense. Um, and then, but the chips are, are so good because of the quality that they began to lead their life of their own. I started getting phone calls from uh, chefs in town at restaurants saying, hey, I, I found your, your sauce and your chips at Stirik or something and mm. really love it. Can, can you, can, do you have it in bulk? And I, so I started putting it in. First, I started delivering it in tubs, <laughs> and I was frying in this lady's backyard in her little shed, and it's super hot without ventilation in the summer, and these hanging With the mask on. Uh, yeah, of course. <laughs> and um, yeah, and then taking the bus back, and I could mm. carry like three, I could carry 12, 15 kilos of chip mm. on my lap. I could schlep it to the bus stop and drive the bus home, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I was starting to deliver to a couple of restaurants like that. Mm. And so the chips are leading right now. Now I think half of my business is done with Hoika, uh, the restaurants. Mm-hmm. Big bulk boxes of chips. Did yeah. you have an idea about that beforehand? Uh, what, did you want it mostly in Horeca or no, on people's No, no, I just or? went where it went, where it took me. Okay. I mean, I started <laughs> making sauce in my basement in the Fitzbox in a, in a 20 liter pot. Yeah. You know, 
I hope the Futsalwara Autoritaat is uh, <laughs> not listening. Not no, listening. No, no. No, those those really days are over. Fan. You miss me, guys. <laughs> 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 but uh, yeah, no, I just I started making sauce and uh, I was just, uh, yeah, I got out of the advertising game, which I'd been in for 20 years, probably 10 years too long. I wanted to do something else, midlife crisis, and started making sauce and wh whoever wanted it. Right. And that, that kind of took off. So if someone called and said, can you make for a restaurant? Yeah, I can. And then I would hang up and go, damn, how the hell am I going to do this? You know, and that's kind of been the theme throughout. Yeah. Nice. Tell us a little bit about how you make these sauces, well, or how you started making them in this basement. What techniques were you using? Because I know you can make like fermented hot sauce or just roast the, the chilies. How do you make yours? I, um, we started with, uh, here, I'll pass the second one around. This is the picante. This is the first sauce we would make. This is uh, made with a smoked chili. So I, I started by bringing, uh, we would go to the market in Mexico uh, and just buy, buy, you know, bags of peppers. I mean, there's hundreds of chili peppers in Mexico. And mm. every time a chili pepper is roasted, uh, it gets another name. So if you take a jalapeno, we're all familiar with jalapeno. If you if you smoke that or roast it, it becomes a chipotle. Oh right, okay, I didn't okay. know that. Yeah, so yeah. It, that's just a jalapeno that's been smoked, and then it gets a new name. Well, so there's <laughs> there's like whatever fifty regular peppers, and there's fifty smoked variants, and they all get their separate names. So well, I started bringing home a few. This has a, a com combined smoked chili and a and a hot arbol chili, which is like the most common. Oh, I think I brought. Brought these. So um, in the beginning, I would just, m my dad, uh, he was working with a guy who lived in Rotterdam and he would come and visit his family uh, a couple times a year and he would fly to visit them for a week. And I would always have him bring me a suitcase full of chili peppers. So we would go to the market. My dad would go to the market, buy me chili peppers, sh shove them in a suitcase. And he would, I would meet him at the arrivals gate at Schiphol really shifty because you know it was always wrapped in like this you know garbage bags and plastic. it totally looked like drugs you know? and it would be there and do this handoff and i would leave and he would be like see you later you yeah. know yeah and uh <clears throat> uh we even filmed there once so we made there's a movie on the on my youtube where you can see it and uh i mean i'm there with my mask at skip hole waiting for this guy and we went and filmed this just on the fly and nothing we to were, declare nope yeah. <laughs> and we were there a couple hours and we were like it was like this one guy who was always following us and he's like supposed to be a tourist. You know, this giant Dutch guy, right? With his brand new backpack and his shorts and we're like, mm -hmm, yeah, yeah, sure. And they followed us around because, you know, they obviously don't want you wearing a mask at the airport. It's not, you know, a lot of yeah. people think this mask is a terrorist mask. So <laughs> it's hard to explain what wrestling is to someone who doesn't know it, you know? <laughs> but uh, they, they were cool. They left us alone. We made the film, posted it and whatever. So mm -hmm. I know, kudos to Schiphol. And I, I think we've probably done 20 suitcase deliveries and never had a problem. Mm -hmm. Cool. So yeah. I don't know. Chilies are okay, I guess. Yeah. But uh, how how do you make them? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So um, we just <laughs> great story. Uh, it's all very like we don't use any added sugars. Um, we we wanted to make a quality product. We didn't want to use any um, preservatives. You know, no e numbers, and we didn't like we didn't want to add sugar. We also didn't want to add any kind of um, set meal like starch yeah any kind of starches a lot of sauces a lot of products you see in the supermarket are cheap because there's nothing in there it's like water and some thickening agent mm -hmm. so that yeah. it, it looks like you're getting something and in fact mm. it, you know and there's a lot of other things sauce makers use like carrots and those are cheap fillers and you can fill the bottle up really cheap and we wanted to avoid all that mm. so we went with uh just high quality product um yeah. So just like as much chili as possible per bottle then, I guess. No, not necessarily. It's actually mostly tomato. Okay. A lot of these are tomato. Um, too much chili is going to make it too hot. We'll yeah. get to that. There's, some of these sauces at the end of the range have like a much higher chili content and it's just really spicy. Okay. This like this this last sauce, Picante, is a, just goes really well with anything. Mm -hmm. um, it really is like a ketchup sort of sauce. and. Mm -hmm. If you eat it, like a bite now is okay, but if you spend a whole meal eating it, you'll end up with a kind of a burning, smoky sensation in your mouth mm -hmm. after the food has already gone down the pipe. Mm -hmm. And that that's nice, that sort of cooked vibe you get at the end. Yeah, yeah. But tomatoes, but 
Oh, Carrots could also be a base then, or combined, yeah, or yeah. onion. Sure, also, yeah. onion is a difficult product to work with. It's not stable. Okay. Um, so we, in the beginning, we use fresh onion, but that will change in the bottle. So I make it today, and then uh, we leave it on the shelf for a couple months. It'll have a different flavor profile than... And not necessarily better. Or? Not necessarily better, but you, you want, from a business model, you, you want to be consistent. Consistent, yeah, Because yeah, sure. people just don't... They're going to be like, oh, you know, they begin to question your methods. And mm -hmm. so uh, we, we, so for those things, we use like onion powder because it's stable. Oh, yeah. Um, we roast our peppers, which is, uh, makes it, that makes them nice and caramelized. But that, that provides for a, um, yeah, it's a time consuming, laborious process, which the big boys can't mm. duplicate. Oh, I'm going to try some of this. Haven't yeah, I? do it. Is it, um, Is it difficult to get consistency with your peppers? Like, does it vary per year, like with a different batch? Um, mm, I have to go, um, like the, the chilies I got out of Mexico are very consistent. Yeah. There's not much of a variety, as long as you get the same strain every yeah. time. Um, but with the jalapenos, it's definitely an issue. So if I go, I usually just source my jalapenos at the food center here in Amsterdam and Depending on where they come, sometimes they, they're, most of them are Dutch-grown, but they also come from Turkey these days or, um, you know, it's a much more common product. It used to be quite difficult to find, and they're quite expensive. Now they're, you find them everywhere in the supermarket, you know. Uh, you can't get a, never established a relation with a Dutch grower? Uh, you can, but they're just really expensive, and uh, I need bulk. Yeah, um, no, but then... There's a uh, negotiation. Uh, uh, yeah, you can. I think I'm not big enough to do that. Oh, okay. I mean, um. these guys are working by the truck, and that's too uh. much for me. So I'm I'm too big for a truck of jalapenos being grown in the Netherlands. Truckloads. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh wow. I think um, you know, in the beginning they didn't move very much. You know, I would go and I would visit my different all the different grocers at the food center and find out. But you know, you'd have, I'd always go in the mornings. You have to be there in the mornings. At twelve o'clock, they're all shut. Mm -hmm. That's like a morning game. Yeah, and yeah. you go in there, and uh, yeah, you have to try the peppers. You don't yeah. want to buy, um, you know, you don't want to buy a hundred kilos of jalapeno. And then it just happened to me. I was like, oh, all right, cool. You know, and then I load it up and I go take it in, and then it turns out that they're not hot. Yeah, like that. You see that with jalapenos a lot. There's a big difference yeah. in, and some of these guys, if they're if the peppers are grown too quick, they're pumped full of water. They don't have like much of a soul, and they don't have much spice. So they need to ripen. Right. Um, the nice thing about the guys that grow under glass, the Dutch, it's it's very consistent. Yeah. It's like always premium, picked perfect. It's the genetically, it's very sound, but. Mm. Sometimes, you know, um, that might be 10 bucks a kilo. And over here, you got a stack of jalapenos from Turkey at three bucks a kilo. You know, uh, three bucks looking pretty good. Yeah. But you got to, so I got in the habit where I got to start tasting these things. And, you, you know, it's six, seven in the morning. It's not always the time that you want to be burning your face off, but you have to, because it yeah. means, you know, it's, that's good for two, 300 liters of sauce. Yeah. Is is growing your own something that you would like to look into? Yeah, I uh, I would love to, and I I am. I'm um, I st two three years ago I I uh, I started a project with um, uh, I I just I set up like a small polytunnel outside of my sauce making nice yeah factory. Uh, it was like a three by five something like that meters. Cool. And found some guy, uh, some guys who were really into growing peppers. Um, I was like, hey, if I provide you with a space to grow, will you come and grow? Mm -hmm. Will you then manage it? Because I don't have time to, you know, be in charge of making sure that these, because you know, peppers, it takes a lot of attention. You have to be there like regularly. Does it? Yeah. 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 They, they require a lot of water and certainly in the hot months, they need to be checked every day. If they, you know, you, you got like months of work in this. If you, if you blow it for a week and they dry out, they're dead. Yeah. Yeah. So, That's the most important thing. The moisture or also pests or. Yeah. Pests is okay. <laughs> it's the moisture. It's yeah. just, 
they like uh, not too much, not too little. Yeah, they 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 just absorb a ton of water and okay. um, and what they about, sweat. Like heat? Do, they, do you need a, a high temperature? No, that's no? not. That's like a misconception. But you need you. They like some heat, but you need to regulate that heat. If those plants, this is kind of interesting because we've been doing this now. This will this will be the upcoming will be the fourth year, and every year we've gotten a little better at this game. Nice. Um, and last year. Because uh, I do it together with Wouter and Hugh, one of my head pepper guys, and they're 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 wicked. They're really good at what they're doing, and I, I learn from them. But uh, what what we discovered is like um, the plants are like they sweat. Mm. So if you because first we were like, oh great, you make it nice and muggy in there, you know, you close all the windows, trap all the heat, and it's, it feels like this tropical <clears throat> rainforest. Well, it turns out that that's not actually the best way to grow peppers. They like is a little aeration, so they they like to. They like to sweat out some moisture and then that gets carried away. And then yeah. you're going to get a much better yield. Mm -hmm. So we, we found, well, they found that last year they started doing that. And some of the pepper plants, they're having a lot of problems with growing. When they started doing that, they really started yielding. And a pepper plant, you can harvest two, three times in a season. Mm -hmm. okay. If you pick them, the plant will grow again. If you don't, the plant's like, hey, whatever, I got fruit, I'm done. Mm -hmm. And we so we use the tunnel. the The deal is kind of uh, that they grow a batch of peppers for me. I make a sauce out of that, and then uh, and then they do some other. They just try out some crazy strains, and we pick one of those for the next year's pepper. And that's kind of yeah. I mean, it doesn't. It's not enough to grow your own. You can't. You can't produce sauce that way. You. I need a lot of peppers, and the little tunnel like that just doesn't do it. Mm -hmm. So we the first sauce that came out of that is this one here. We we selected the Bahamian goat, which is like a pretty hot pepper. Uh, we selected it on meat and flavor, um, and that yielded about a little under two hundred bottles. So right. that was like a whole year growing, and it, it yielded. Uh, we'll, we'll open those in a minute. I'm yeah. going to try a different one first because that one's considerably hotter. Yeah, uh -huh. on the picante. Picante is delicious. It's kind of got this smokiness. Um, but I actually thought that the the verde was the hotter. Verde was hotter. Yeah. Sometimes it depends on. We've been kind of making them a little hotter because we like them a little hotter. Yeah. Okay. Nice. But uh, but also not too hot to handle. Uh, like yeah. Still a perfect balance between flavor. And, yeah. And super. Um, uh, rich, deep, yeah. umami. Yeah, mm. goes well with the the it red. Should, it should yeah. go very well. This is lovely, by the it's, way. Yeah. What, what am I drinking? This is the, the Neko Yuzu. Yes, this is the Neko Yuzu. Um, so this, yeah, so this is brewed uh, in collaboration with the uh, the Nord Holland Beer Brewery. Nord Holland Beer Brewery. Yeah, 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 you yeah. might know them. Oh, yeah. I do. Okay. Yeah. I think well, there's a brewery to make it. Yeah. I think they're a super small craft soda company based here in Amsterdam. However, well, I did some research on them. It's not quite clear, but all the thing, all the only thing it says is is it's brewed in association with the Nord Holland Beer Brewery. Right? I really want to uh, have a, a soda line. Yeah, yeah. I really want a spicy soda line. Spicy, spicy so, soda yeah. line. Mm. Yeah. I was talking to Yaya kombucha they were going to do a, mm -hmm. a spicy ginger as a release on this flavor cool but then of course our friend corona came by and mm -hmm. screwed it up for everybody mm -hmm. yeah i can see that in ginger mm -hmm. beers or yeah so if anyone's out there or... and they're making sodas call me yeah i want to do well, a collab five percent that's almost uh, a soda yeah, we yeah. Can, yeah. Uh, maybe we can uh drip some uh yeah, yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, really yeah. Nice. i'll bet you a bit of, bit of, bit of beer blending <laughs> <laughs> well let's move on to that one quickly here i just gave you the full con yeah, this I is um, a mango uh madame Jeanette based sauce so these okay. are these are surinam peppers so um, we're kind of leaving the whole mexican storyline and now going towards the caribbean mm. um it's a slightly hotter pepper. I really like the Madame Jeanette because it's a very perfumey kind of a heat. It's uh, it's hot like a habanero, so it has some some real kick. Uh, but it gives a bit of a perfumey vibe, and that in com combination with the, the passion fruit, the mango, and the sauce makes for a very nice kind of hot, fruity experience. Yeah, and also uh, the fruit brings um, creaminess. Mm, that works yeah. really well, I think, and definitely this... Tropical fruit works, I guess, with yeah. the flavors that, that, that also the pepper can bring. 
um, but that creaminess, the, the 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 texture of the sauce is really different. Yeah, I guess, it's been because blended to uh, we call it baby food. So <laughs> yeah. that 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 is typical. Of it's no longer a salsa because salsa often is a bit chunky. Mm. So we spend a lot of time also. I like for me that really matters. So when when Mrs. Hefe makes the flavors, the, after that I want to. I'm concerned with color and also with consistency. If you don't blend the uh, the picante enough, then when you put it in a dish, you get a little mound of vegetative matter and then a little pool of liquid. And I don't yeah. like that. It needs to stay together, but mm. not be over blended. So I, I totally geek out on that. Like uh, how yeah. long do we blend it? How hard? And we also blend different ingredients at different stages right. so that we can control how that all sticks together. You know, when you look at a bottle, I would like to, I like to see little bits and pieces in there. I think that adds yeah. to the visual experience. Yeah, and you also mentioned color. That was the first thing I noticed. I was like, oh, this is starting to look a bit more uh, dangerous. Mm -hmm. Is that, you think that's an important part of hot sauce that it looks a bit like well, the, danger? <laughs> yeah, I guess if that's the, I, for me, what's more important from a, a business point of view is that if it's on the shelf, it's got to look different. It's got to pop. Yeah. I want, I want to see a, a scala of colors because that's mm. going to give you, uh, I don't want you thinking about whether you want to buy my product. I want you to think about which one you're going to buy. Yeah, right? nice. So, um, so when you see the, uh, uh, the, nose, the nose is Yeah, right. I can hear go. the running. That's good. That's a good sign. You're, now you're starting to kind of, it's all kind of coming out, right? Yeah, right. I, was, I was a bit more conservative with my scoop this time as well. But, uh, so that one's got good. a little more yeah. heat. And that the difference with that one is if you keep eating it, that heat will pile up. So yeah. you'll end up with more heat. Uh, the okay. picante has a bit of a, it's hot and it goes away. So mm -hmm. it's more of a choppy like a saw blade kind mm. of experience. And the, the full con, if you eat that, you will, you will have to eventually take a break because you're just piling that heat on. Mm. Have you ever looked into much uh, into the psychology of why people enjoy hot sauce and things? I was reading some stuff that like there's chemical reactions that can happen that basically trigger brain signals and it's kind of like a pain reaction and then it, it turns into pleasure. S serotonin, yeah. yeah. That's what, right. It, do you believe all that kind of stuff? I mean, it's it's definitely addictive. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, you you know, and also that you you get used to it, so you you'll step up your heat. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, basically, your the, the funny thing about it is, is it's not real damage; it's psychological. Mm. So that heat is not actually heat; it's just your brain thinking it's heat. So if you can get mm. your head around that, if you were to hold a flame to your finger. <laughs> you would start to get burning flesh. Yeah. But if you put hot sauce on your finger, nothing. It feels like it's burning, mm. but it's not. There's no mm. tissue damage. There's nothing physically happening mm -hmm. that's burning you. But your brain is being triggered by the capsaicin into thinking there's heat. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's illusional. It's not really happening. Mm -hmm. And so you're getting this watering. It's like your body is reacting like, oh, whoa, there's fire, quick, send the, you know, whatever, the fire antibodies and start running the nose. But it's fake. It's just been triggered by, you know, I think it's some evolutionary uh, way for the plant to stop having mice eat the fruit and only the birds. Yeah. Because birds are not, don't have heat receptors. Yeah. So the, the evolutionary thinking is that by having birds eat it, the seeds were spread over a much larger area and thus evolutionary advanced them. Time for a quick break to let you know where you can find more information on the podcast. All previous episodes are available on our website, which is udipus.com forward slash radio. If you want to get in contact with me, drop a message to the address radio at udipus.com. The second part of the show, we discuss more about the cloud water sodas and also the Neko Yuzu soda we have on the table. And also Club Picante, the pepper growing project El Jefe is involved in. So here's the second part of the Radio Oedipus podcast. Do we have a moment for the drinks we've been drinking yeah, just before yeah. we get into it? Yeah, because um, yeah, we've, we've, we're drinking soft drinks today. I already mentioned that the Yuzu one was good combination with the other one. I also think you often see Madame Jeanette with mango, right? Yeah. yeah. And then we have a luminous yellow drink here. Yeah. And it, it tastes so much like mango. Yeah. Yeah, mm. we have two cans of cloud water soda. One is indeed... 
mango and citrus sour, which mm. has a lot of mango. That's yeah, nice. it's, it's not too mango. sweet. I was expecting to, because mango, you think juice, right? Yeah, you think yeah. It's gonna and be it really sugar looks bomb. like uh, this uh, cool yeah. mist or uh, mango yeah, juice. Yeah, it looks like a smoothie almost yeah, to uh, me. Yeah. But citra is a hop variety that can also uh, bring these uh, tropical mm-hmm. mango, passion fruit type of flavor. Mm-hmm. Is that um, what's in here? Is that yeah. what I'm tasting? Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh so that yeah. has that kind of a... Yeah, but also mango, mm-hmm. huh? But uh, woody also the sort of a, mm-hmm. I don't want to call it dusty, but it has a bit of a, that dry kind of experience. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, yeah, uh, it may mm. be obvious, but it also worked well, complemented the volcano pretty good. Yeah. Whereas the the hibiscus um, uh, Neko Yuzu uh, worked very well with the picante, I think. Yeah. And uh, another mm. cloud water uh, soda is the green, green tea. tea and Simcoe. Which I think has more hop character. Yeah. I think the... Um, Had a bit of a milder flavor, I think, because of the teeness. It was a bit... Yeah, it has this yeah. typical Very opening yeah. a hop bag, yeah. uh, a bag of hops, uh, full of hops, and, and you smell this, basically, in the brewery. And so they did a good job getting that into a beer with green tea. Uh, yeah. Simple, a bit herbal, grassy, uh, subtle. soft drink. Yeah. You have to wait for it, but it's definitely got lots of flavor, but it takes a second. It sort of starts as water, and then yeah. and when you give it a little while, you begin to... Yeah, uh, that's what I mean. It's um, it's not packed full of flavor compared to the other one. And it's a bit like, you know, a lot of these low ABV IPAs, they mm-hmm. tend to have these iced tea-like qualities, or mm-hmm. that's what I hear often, and, yeah. and this is that, you know? Mm-hmm. It's tea with yeah. hops, but then yeah, yeah. no alcohol. So, But, uh, but I could see drinking this being... Um, no longer at the alcohol party. I, I, I could see drinking this all night. Yeah. You know, a lot of times you go and people keep giving you like sodas all night and after the two of them, you're like done. You know? It's a sugar overload as yeah, well, Yeah, you just it? don't want all that like yeah. in your mouth. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, so this has some legs. You can like... Sure, yeah. This hibiscus is my favorite. This one's yeah. really lovely. Uh, yeah, deep, umami, mm. tomato, woody. It's just the right balance of sour and sweet. Yeah. yeah. It's As a beginning, a middle, and an end. <clears throat> that was one of the things I was... I feel like it's like the red wine of uh, soft drinks, though. I wouldn't want to have loads of these. I wouldn't want a, a big gallon of it. Oh, I could uh, Oh, yeah? Yeah, sure. Very <laughs> <laughs> nice. Because with the sauces, too, um, if you look at the... Uh, Picante has that. Um, the, it has like a, uh, a beginning, a middle, and an end. So when you get this sort of taste experience... You get um, something in the beginning, and then there's something, and then there's like a kind of a, a, a bit in the middle, and then at the end you're left with a, a residue flavor. That, that this has that as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, like this one starts a bit empty, and then as you wait, it it builds up. This. Mm. Yeah, I, I think about the Cloudwater Cloudwater uh, Brewery from Manchester. I like that they uh, have stayed true because I know them as a brewery that do big cans. Yeah. Even with the soft drinks, serving them in these big uh, tall mm. boy cans. Mm. Uh, but cans, yeah. huh? not bottles. Yeah, always, always cans. Am I right in saying that? Nah, in the I know they, them. Uh, yeah. them as the big they quickly cans. Uh, switched to cans, but they had uh, the same bottle line uh, as we had the Mahin uh, bottle filler ah. uh, in the beginning. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think I actually was there when uh, to to look how it mm. worked. We also got ours through. Um, our bottle line through a distributor in uh, in England, and he invited us over to see it in operation, you know, mm. uh, and not just looking at some specs uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, or calling some brewers to see how it worked. And uh, uh, but that was around. The, I think they were packaging their uh, second version of uh, their Dipa, and they did ten, and then mm. you know it really blew up. Uh, also uh, mm. later when they uh, started canning it. Yeah, yeah, uh, for sure. Cloudwater is that? Is there a reason why they're called that? Do they use uh, rainwater? I think Cloudwater. I think I remember reading this once on the website. Cloudwater is a reference to Manchester because it is very grey. It's very cloudy. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I think there's some subtle. Uh, it has a very yeah. nice kind of friendly name. To it. Yeah, it and all the cans right. kind of look like that. Very friendly. Very very well designed. Uh, I always think their stuff is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Wild West Brewfest. I I think if it wasn't already suggested, yeah, some more hot sauces. Yeah, yeah. yeah. should we do? Uh, should we? On, should we um... Let's kick kick it up a notch. I'm also out of uh, tortillas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. I um. So so the Pepper Project, which is the called the Club Picante, and it's basically a 
Um, it's a social project. So we have a Binetan in, uh, in the Kola Kids where they have a garden that the, 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 the people that live there tend their garden. It's mostly older Moroccan and Turkish people who great, basically grow vegetables to eat. Um, and they, yeah, it's really nice, little tended little raised gardens. And in the middle, they had a greenhouse that they weren't using. And I, I, um, I got in touch with them and told them I was looking for uh, a place to grow peppers because mm -hmm. the little polytunnel, it already tore after one year. It was like, mm -hmm. this is crap, so I need something a little better. Mm -hmm. So they had a little glass um, greenhouse, and we moved in there, and we grew um, the Bahamian goat, as I was just explaining to you, and made a limited sauce. There's, there's only one box left. I brought a bottle today. We figured we could try it. Um, I'm looking forward to that. This, uh, yeah, this is a nice <laughs> sauce. This has definitely got some kick, um, but it's made with a Bahamian goat, and I cannot grow. I, I can't buy those. I can't source these. Mm -hmm. So what I did is um, I fermented these. This is the first fermented sauce in the El Jefe range. It's been fermented for 90 days. The peppers, which gives it a nice sour. It's not terribly sweet, and then it's got some ginger and some pineapple added to it. Ah, pineapple, yeah. I was yeah. Uh, picking up the, some fruity notes yeah. again. Yeah. And it's got some heat. I haven't tried this one in a while. Um, it's quite rare to even open one of these. Um, so, But because it was such a nice sauce and it's a like, nice hot, and I find that people are asking for hotter stuff, um, Ooh, yeah. we synthesized the same sauce but using Madame Jeanette, which is something I buy anyway. <clears throat> and I like to reuse ingredients it just it's easier for storage and it's hard to source peppers all year so better just to bust your ass for one kind than to try and find three kinds of pepper yeah there was something i wanted to ask you earlier that's come back in my head how much this relationship with mexico when did when did this start uh, and how much time have you spent in mexico um this so i my parents moved to the states when i was four years old and i grew up in new jersey uh yeah. and then at some point i um I moved to Texas and I spent six years living in Houston, Texas. And Texas has an enormous Latino community, uh, Tex-Mex, we're all familiar with. And so every restaurant you go to has homemade hot sauce on the table. Um, and the supermarkets have tons of hot sauce and, and, and you can source peppers. So for me, that was really the moment that I was exposed to hot sauce and chili and eating spicy foods. Uh, I then went, I spent a year in San Francisco, same thing, lots of Latinos. Yeah, it's got some kick. Uh -huh. Nice. Good. Yeah, and it sticks with you, huh? But it's uh -huh. quite addictive. Like it hurts, but you want to do it again. <laughs> it's, it's really weird like that. You just moth to the flame. Mm. Um, yeah, and... Uh, my parents were living in Texas and then when they uh, sort of semi-retired, they moved to Mexico. Mm -hmm. You know, they didn't want to come back to Holland because of the gray, cloudy Manchester weather we have here. <laughs> uh, they went, so Instant. they moved to Mexico and we just started visiting them, you know, just Christmas, holidays. And uh, from that, I started to really kind of, um, I started to source my chilies in a better way. I mm -hmm. set up a little export company, so there's a El Jefe export in Mexico, and I, I'm now shipping containers full of chilies, tons and tons of um, really nice cornmeal, which I use to make the tortillas and the chips. Yeah. It's a really high premium style, uh, yeah, cornmeal. Yeah, nice. Um, and I wanted to start growing peppers there. So this link with Mexico is kind of, it started with how can I, you know, make set up some sort of business reason to go there more often because I love Mexico. It's just the yeah. bomb. It's great. Yeah. So and I don't know. I've, I've, what is it about? It? The climate? The tasty food? Yeah, the vibe. The yeah. climate's great. I, lo I love hot weather. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and it's just, you know, it's it's kind of, it's disorganized and it's messy <laughs> and it's it's got a, like a rich culture. Do you have a favorite region? Because it's big, right? No, I, I've been like, I've been all over Mexico. Um the one part I don't know so well is Yucatan, and I I went last year, and I think that's maybe like my favorite, oh, yeah. just because it's yeah blue water and white beach, it's it's wow. killer. But uh, yeah, no, I like my my parents live. Uh, the one thing I, I don't like Mexico City very much. I haven't been. Um, but people, there's a lot to do there, and and 
Mexico has has a lot of like very poor indigenous uneducated people still. It's very dual, you know, and it has it's very poor, but also has a very high it has a you know middle class is growing. It's like people are educated, young people are really hip and into cool stuff. So there's like a very cool scene mm. happening. Um my dream is actually to go back and sell hot sauce there. I think that'll be oh, like yeah? the ultimate circular Dutch guy puts yeah. on mask, fries <laughs> peppers, and sells it back to yeah. the Mexicans, right? Yeah. You know, it's like uh-huh. ultimate colonial backstab, you know, <laughs> full circle. But, uh, you know, there's a country where people actually can appreciate hot sauce. Yeah, for and sure. And I, I, you know, I've, I've been bringing bottles over there and all like, I have a big fan base there. All my parents' friends really love it because they know what a good hot sauce is. Yeah. True. Speaking of people who appreciate hot sauce, you started Wild West Brewfest. Yeah, right? mm-hmm. uh, and that's maybe it was um, assumed when we were talking. Anyway, that's where I first met you. I attended what I think it was two thousand nineteen or eighteen. I attended there, and you were trying to figure out before the show where your guys' relationship started, and it was maybe because of these uh, food festivals. Yeah, what was the intention there when you were setting up? Well, it's Brewfest because it's a combination of hot sauce, uh, craft beer. A wrestling, uh, but you also don't drink. So why did you set up a, a craft beer festival? Yeah, I know. It's just the timing on that was a bit weird. I, um, <laughs> it was a kind of combination of two things. But for one, the uh, I have a friend who I live in Bulls and Lomar, mm-hmm. and I, uh, which is west of, in the west side of Amsterdam, and I. Um, like Bolsonaro has now got this hip name called Bolo, and suddenly people want to live there. But it wasn't always like that. Uh, for I, 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 I've been living there twenty years. For the first fifteen, nobody came to visit us. It was like who wants to go to Bolsonaro? It's like way out on the edge of town, and it's boring. There's nothing happening, and it's this crap, and it's like the armpit of Amsterdam. So, mm-hmm. so be it. Um, and I had a, I, I know a guy who grew up there and we were talking about how like Bolson Lomar, you know, has this bad name and it doesn't deserve it. And mm. we should organize something to put it on the map. So we we're like, why don't we organize uh, a festival, mm-hmm. free festival, everyone can come and whatever. And we'll, we'll put it on the map, which mm-hmm. is why it was called the Wild West. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had just started a little sauce brand and it was like, I wanted, I had big dreams. I wanted to take it somewhere and I didn't have any money for marketing. I was like, well, if I use this festival as a way to get exposure, I might even be able to pay for itself. So mm-hmm. if I can break even on it, I can get out there, I can get my name out there and I can begin to build this whole personality of El Jefe. Mm-hmm. And um, we had done one launch party at the new Anita where we were like, we launched the the new Verde flavor mm-hmm. And we were like, well, you know, we have to do a wrestling show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we can't, here we are being this wrestling brand. Nobody, same thing, nobody knows what wrestling is. And so I was like, well, all right, well, who are we going to, you know, how are we going to get a wrestling show? And I didn't even know much about wrestling. I'd like, (laughs) I like the mask in the way that I'm a big Elvis fan. I like the whole cult impact, but I didn't really know anything behind it, which is, yeah, I mean, that's led to some problems because there actually are diehard wrestling fans out there who tuned me on some of the things that I should have known better. Like the guy on the <laughs> bottle is actually a very famous Mexican wrestler called Blue Demon. Okay. I, I didn't know. I got online. I Googled wrestling and found a picture and was like, great, I'll use that. That'll be my logo. <laughs> Um, and then as this went on, people started telling me like, that's blue demon and you can't use him. That's Mm. sacrilege. Like, Mm. how dare you? Especially Mexico. I'd get Mm. like shit. Mm. People get mad at me. Mm. I was like, damn, I'm sorry, you know, Mm. whatever, (laughs) respect. So I changed my logo a little bit, but I couldn't too much. So he actually, he used to have little points on his eyes and I've, I've cut those off. Okay. There's a little inside scoop. Anyway. So we, um, we looked around it turns out in Holland, you actually have pro wrestlers, in all uh, of that? Yeah. yeah. And not just one, you've got like two or three leagues. And they don't, <laughs> and, and it's all very, mm. I guess some are going to listen, so I need to be careful what I say. But um, they can be a little <laughs> prima donna. <laughs> so there's a bit of like, uh, there's definitely some like strife between these wrestlers. Mm. And they, mm-hmm. don't, they don't play with each other, you know? Mm. They're like, oh, no, those guys are a bunch of pussies. I'm not going to work <laughs> with them. You know, yeah. you wrestle with us. <laughs> I didn't know, whatever. So I kind of rolled into that. Um, and uh, wrestling is like, it's a professional thing. A lot of people f- say, use the word fake, which is t- totally unjust. It's not fake, it's staged. Mm. It's actually quite serious. It's a combination of like 
high-end acrobatics and theater. Mm -hmm. So it's scripted. There's uh, the wrestling's very basic concept. It's a very basic theater concept where you have the good guy and the bad guy mm -hmm. and you need to get the audience hyped mm -hmm. so the good guy is there big smile looks great mm -hmm. and the bad guy is there breaking the rules so when the ref mm -hmm. isn't looking he's like kicking the other guy and the audience sees that is like hey boy, man you're cheating mm -hmm. that base concept is how you get this show a rolling yeah yeah so you're like bad guys so uh, you know is winning and then the good guy comes back yay or whatever and it, it creates this whole thing and this used to be these traveling shows in mexico that would travel these yeah. towns and put on these shows you know anyway um so we finally found some wrestlers in the new anita we did this like fight club setting live wrestling show and it was amazing it was yeah. so cool, you know, and we didn't have we didn't have a ring or nothing. We just some guys on some judo mats that we <laughs> borrowed from the the sporto take, made sporto take, and like like okay, go at it, guys. And we hyped it up, and we made some movies, and El Jefe got out there, and that's kind of the beginning of how El Jefe became this wrestling promoter. Mm. Um, and there's a couple guys that like Kid Lux is my go-to wrestler who I I've been doing wrestling shows for years now with him. And that's kind of where the wrestling angle came in on the mm. festival. And now, uh, you know, first we had no money, so I just hired two wrestlers and pay them each a hundred bucks and they would go and smash stuff. And I think actually it's a really good, <laughs> one year we did a, uh, and these guys are like, they're just like, don't worry, Hefe, it's going to be great. I'm like, well, what are you going to do? What's the story? He's like, don't worry about it. It's going to be great. I'm like, okay, you sure? Yeah, man, don't worry. Well, I guarantee you it's going to be a good show. And they're like, all right. You know, and then <laughs> of course. they go and they trash everything. And you're like, oh, fuck, you know, great show. But like, I don't know. I guess they're right. This it's better Bruce I bars didn't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> one year they decided when instead of like just doing this little match in front of like the audience in this little patch, they decided <laughs> they were going to go through the entire crowd. <laughs> And I think they got to the Oedipus booth and he just, one wrestler threw the other one into the bar, <laughs> right? And it was like, so it was all cracked and broken and whatever. And, uh, and they went on and they smashed my sign and it was a super cool show and everyone loved it. Yeah, yeah. And later, I forget who was working the bar, came over to me and was quite like, dude, you know, what the fuck was that about? And <laughs> yeah. I'm like, come on, man, it's a wrestling show. And he's like, no, look. And he showed me that right behind me, you had all your gas tanks hooked up. Oh, yeah. And like, if that had gone off, yeah. it would have been a really, it wouldn't have been funny at all. Could've, could've. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh yeah, geez, sorry about that, man. Yeah. So I was like, okay, from now on, guys, you know. Mm. Yeah, mm. you can go crazy, but there's some things you got to remember that yeah. you can't do. And now there's a ring. Yeah. And now we have a ring. Now I like blow all my money on this giant <laughs> wrestling show. Mm. And but the craft the, beer audience are kind of like perfectly suited. A craft beer super. festival audience. It's, is like it's really nice. The, the com combination is superb. Yeah. Um, because it makes it all really unique. Yeah. And the people that have been coming, it's about the brewers. It's about craft. Mm -hmm. That's the link with hot sauce. Mm -hmm. I didn't think I could pull a crowd with hot sauce, but, you know, people aren't going to stand around for three hours drinking mm -hmm. hot sauce. Mm -hmm. so, you know, <laughs> they're going to come and try it and that's it. So it needs craft beers are much better. And it's the same audience yeah it's there it's the same demographic they're into flavor they're into a story that it's local mm -hmm. it's it's really nice and the way we do the festival it's in a little neighborhood it's open um yeah the mix is perfect yeah and that's kind of grown now i mean it's i don't think it's terribly like lucrative to any of the brewers that come i think they come because it's nice yeah and the people dig it. And I think it's not about making money so much as just being there. I think it certainly stands out on the festival calendar as one you want to do because it's maybe, yeah, one that like your uh, sources stands out on the shelf, you know, you're like, yes, we want to go to that one. Cause yeah, the brewers <laughs> really, they, like, you know, because it's at some point there were so many festivals. I would yeah. like, call, yeah, you guys want to come to the Brewfest? And they're like, yeah, I just can't. You know, yeah. and they started being selective and five other festivals going on. Yeah, yeah. and then, you and know, it's, so it's like hands. Yeah. it becomes work, right? It's not it's not so fun. So Yeah. I definitely like the last edition also not working, just hanging out. Yeah, the, uh, I mean that's <laughs> that's what makes it good, right? Uh, I think uh I think uh do you know Scott from um Puziat and Kater? Todd. Just right, just Scott Todd. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Todd's my announcer too because yeah. he he's really good. Yeah, you, know? yeah, yeah. you need you need like an American who grew up with this shit Definitely. to do it. I mean, he can. He's like, Definitely. but um, yeah. He came out last year and like, I'm like, well, you know, he didn't. They didn't even have a beer booth. He yeah. like, he was like, yeah. Well, we have another festival, but I came anyway. Yeah. 
And, and I, I think, I like, because I can see all the, you know, who sold what. And, you know, we do like to the payout and they had like, they made like zero. Like, no yeah. one, he didn't care. That's what it felt like to me looking at it because I, that was the edition yeah. I was there. And I was like, Todd's like just fully abandoned his uh, beer bar and he's now like on stage. And he was like, no, I'm having a great time, whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's just cool to be here. And I don't, and that's nice to hear, you mm-hmm. know, that you're, you're doing it for people on that level. For sure, man. For sure. So. I have one uh, final thing before we finish up, but uh, we were mentioning when we were on the phone the other day, this uh, IWF uh, oh, thing. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's really funny thing to talk about. What? So what is the IWF? Um, the, yeah, so the IWF, the Isolation Wrestling Federation, um, <laughs> it's funny how you end up doing things when, you know, I, I slapped a, a mask on my bottle as a brand and that led to wrestling, which led to wrestling <laughs> yeah. shows, which led to uh, creating uh, the LOL, which is the Ladies of Lucha, which is the El Jefe's real life take on Glow. If you've seen that, I think you've watched yeah, the, Glow. Yeah, the Netflix show all yeah. about amateur wrestling. Yeah, about the female 1980s female wrestling show. Um, so I got my, I asked Mrs. Jefe and some other girls I knew if they would be interested in um, doing doing a wrestling show and so we just we train them Ooh. on sundays it's spicy huh it's Caliente, nice though. It lots yeah. of flavor yeah, it's i great. like it i like it it's, it's really nice uh pepper it's called a seven pot unbelievable but um yeah so that led to me creating this sort of troop of female wrestlers who to, to their credit they're amazing but they they're not professional wrestlers so to be a wrestler you need to be able to pick someone up and throw them on the ground without breaking them <coughs> so professional wrestling is very much about safety first yeah yeah, yeah. um so we basically the secret to the show is that we we taught these girls one move that they practiced and then during the show, they all took turns to do that move. And as an audience, you don't really notice, mm-hmm. but actually they don't. So, I mean, obviously you can't just train someone to be a wrestler in a couple of yeah, weeks. Yeah, yeah. It takes years. Anyway, so, um, and there's, you can see all those films on YouTube. Um, and someone we knew suggested us to, there's a, a couple of guys in New York, uh, a bunch of friends who at the beginning of the lockdown in March, started an Instagram show called the Isolation Wrestling Federation, where basically you create a wrestling persona and you make a little one-minute film and you you challenge someone else. It's like a call-out, isn't yeah, it? It's yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a call-out. So yeah. you call someone out and you basically make a film and you, you tell them how great you are and what an asshole they are, yeah, yeah, and yeah. then you send it off. And they then respond with a response film yeah. where they cut you down it's fucking great it's and then, really low budget it's amateur super, it's all iphone <laughs> yeah. you know uh most people just green screen it yeah and then they go and um or don't it's just like in their garage or, or in their something. garage yeah <laughs> totally or at home whatever you know i mean um yeah and they then it goes to vote i don't know if you've seen instagram stories you can vote on stuff so mm-hmm. it just goes to stories mm-hmm. and they're they they stick to two films. You watch one, then the other, and then it goes to vote, and you just click on who you like. Mm. And at the end of the voting, whoever got the most votes won. Mm-hmm. Super easy. Yeah. And they created like a sub Instagram account so that anyone could apply because mm-hmm. it's really started to attract like everyone, and and not all of them is equal is as, as good. Mm-hmm. And that kind of generated. So they asked, um, they were like, hey, you know, uh, hey, Hefe, we heard you're a wrestler and we really like your LOL stuff and we've seen all your YouTube things. Would you be interested in joining us? And I was like, yeah, sure, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Sounds like fun. So um, so we rolled out She It, who's the, that's Mrs. Hefe's wrestling personage. Yeah. She It, like She It. She is. and uh, <laughs> she's sort of like this. She 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 created a character for the LL show where she's she has this giant naked suit. Uh, you've seen it. Yeah, huh? I've seen it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's she's like it's just it's over the top. It's like this John Waters nude beast. Yeah, and uh, it's crazy. We man. started making these movies and we got like some followers. And she has like her own sub account now. And mm. it, who knows where this is all going to go? And we <laughs> we were we were hoping like MTV or someone would pick it up. Mm. And I yeah. think there was even some talk with them. Vice, if you're listening, call me. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, this, that's been a really fun project. It's a little too much work. It's actually quite a bit of work to make these films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've had to kind of put it on hold because we've been so busy. 
But um, but it is just kind of remarkable, gr- the world that you find yourself in. Someone yeah, that's not into wrestling, up there, and man, then now, yeah. now you're in it. Yeah, totally. So who knows where? what's the next adventure? Yeah, I don't for know. sure. You know. To, to finish off the show, uh, I'd just like to say thank you uh, for almost blowing my head off. Mm. Um, it's been a real pleasure chatting to you, but I was wondering if you could do one of these wrestling call-outs, if you're calling a wrestler out who was only ate bland food. If you could do a, a call out for us, that would be great. Uh, I, you know, I really need to be she it. Uh, I, I do a lot of the writing, but I'm, I'm, she's much better at the, at the call. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, you know, for all you, I should try this in Spanish. <laughs> hey, this is El Jefe. This is a message for all you bland pussy motherfuckers out there. If you don't start eating hot sauce, I'm coming to your house. I'm going to kick your ass and fuck your doggies. <laughs> fuck you. Start eating hot sauce right now, you pussy bags. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, man. All right. All right. Nice. Cool. Well, thanks for having me. It's a lovely format, and uh, I love your brand. I love what you're doing. It's really great. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Radio Oedipus podcast. Thanks to El Jefe and also to Sander. If this show was enough to get your mouth watering for some spicy flavors, head over to eljefeprimosalsa.com. There you'll be able to get hold of some of his sauces and tortillas. As well as that, there's some great content over on his YouTube channel, which I recommend you head over to. There you'll see all the LOL and IWF videos we spoke about on the show. Remember, you can find all previous episodes of the show, too, by heading to our website, which is oedipus.com forward slash radio, and by searching Radio Oedipus on your podcast app. If you use Spotify or Apple Podcasts, make sure you like and subscribe to keep up to date. The music used on today's show is written and composed by the one and only Ola Eye Music. And tune in next time for more explorations into the culture of beer. Yeah.